Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of an MLS podcast with Benny and JJ. And today we will be talking about the top 10 most, most dominant teams for this upcoming season in the MLS. And we will be listing out our top 10 teams and me and JJ with a special guest. So we will now wait for him. Hey, hey, hey Paris. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah. So our special guest today um, works in the front office as an executive for DC United and Loudoun United and has a long history of coaching youth soccer. Hey, Paris. Hi. How are you guys doing? Thanks for the intro. Thanks for having me. Um, you're welcome. So we're about to get started. So, Justice, can you start us off with your number 10 team? Sure, man. So... My top 10 starting at one. My first one will be DC United. Nice. Because they got a bunch of good players. If you've ever heard of Edison Flores, he's the captain of the Peruvian national team. Julian Gressel, one of the greatest players that can assist the ball into the box in the league. Ola Kamara and a bunch of other great players. My second team would probably be LAFC, just with how well they did last year and how they knocked a lot of teams out and how Carlos Vela played. My third team would be probably this year the Colorado Rapids. They've won two games in a row, even against D.C., the best dominant team. So... All credit to them. And my fourth team would probably be this year. SKC. They've won every game they played like the Rapids, and they've just played, like, really well. And my fifth team will be, I'd say, um, sorry, yeah. Probably New York City FC because they they've been doing well and my sixth team will be um um would be the LA Galaxy they're just doing really well and you're probably realizing why I didn't select the Atlanta United yet? Probably because Joseph Martinez. But Atlanta United are my second biggest like team. Like my seventh biggest. And then my eighth probably would be the Columbus Crew. They got a lot of great players. Like Darlington Nagby and a couple other great guys. And my ninth team would be probably the New England Revolution. They've been really dominant. Guys, I'm sorry for the background noise. And my last team will be the Chicago Fire. They've been scoring a lot of goals, even if it's offside. Yeah. Perez, you're up. 
That was great, uh, Justice. It's actually funny. Um, my top five looks very similar to yours now that you mention it. Um, I have a very a similar a thought process about how I picked my top ten. I'd say I'll start from the tenth and work my way up to number one. Uh, my tenth team I put up there was Minnesota. Uh, I mean, UFD. I think um, for them, obviously being a fairly new side, you know, they had a club record season last year, and you know, really are have high ambitions moving forward. So, I think it's important to watch a team with such hunger, and a pretty impressive attacking firepower to their team was added. You know, um, so I'd like to see what they do. Uh, I think it's important to keep an eye out for the underdogs and. So I thought I never meant it. Number nine, I um, I put FC Cincinnati, actually. I think uh, they just recently got a new coach, uh, Yap Stam. And, uh, you know, growing up as a Man United fan, I, w- I got to watch him play as a center back and to see how he reads the game and, and watch his career turn into coaching. is interesting because... Uh, Yapstam being Dutch, uh, likes to adopt the Dutch philosophy, uh, football, 4-3-3. And that's the type of formation that I think does well in this league. And uh, I think with a fresh coach like that, um, especially now in quarantine time, he has time to really just get the t- to know his players. And even if it's just virtually, you know, being able to really put together a proper game plan, he has the time to do that. So... Coming from England and, and other places as well. Uh, my number eight team I have there is uh, Toronto FC. Uh, Toronto obviously aren't the team they were three years ago, uh, but still have a lot of you know top talent in that squad that you can't ignore. Alejandro Pozuelo, uh, uh, Altidore, and you know. If we want to say Bradley, we could say that too. But uh, I think they've got pretty deep squad that um, that they need to be looked at. You know, uh, number seven is an interesting pick for me because I said, you know, with some of the news that we've gotten coming out that maybe there's a potential uh, mini tournament that might happen later on in the year. If we get to that, we don't know. We'll see. Um if there is a mini tournament that does happen and if, you know, is any particular city that it does happen to take place in, um, I think Orlando City uh, Soccer Club might have a fighting chance if they were to be a, uh, a host team. Um, not to mention, you know, with Nani being on their squad, uh, also a former United I think he had a decent first season and if he grows into his role, uh, in the club there, you could actually give them a, a shot in a mini tournament type of scenario. I think uh, there's someone to watch. My number six was uh, Atlanta United, actually. And again, you know, just like how Justice mentioned, you can't ignore him, Joseph Martinez, right? Like, he could arguably be one of the best pure strikers in MLS's history uh, with the record like what he's had. I think it's uh, something like 82 goals, 92 appearances. It's insane. It's incredible. And um, when you have a strike with that type of efficiency and consistency, 
you really gotta you gotta pay attention to that and any season whether it's a quarantine um he's a guy that could pose a big threat and you know with their coach who's already won two titles you still have a, a squad that could um could put up some big numbers there right and get a couple of wins definitely uh, number five i have uh nycfc you know, for DC United, they've always been a thorn in our side when they'd come over to play us and at Audi Field. And uh, anytime we've met them, uh, it's always been a tough matchup. Uh, I think they're, 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 they have a pretty efficient system in how they run their club. Uh, it is to be admired, even though, you know, we I, I give credit where credit is due there. I think one of their star players, Maxi Morales, he's definitely one that's got a, a healthy appetite for assists. You know, I think uh, he might he might hold uh, some sort of a record for them, I think, uh, in 2019. He was up there. Um, somebody who can really uh, dictate the pace of the game. And if we were talking about a scenario like a mini-style tournament, uh, and even in this quarantine type of time, like, it's really, you're asking which of these um, teams can come out of a quarantine like this still being strong and efficient and good contender. And that's the end of the I said Seattle Sounders. I think uh, you have to put the team that's, you know, just come off the back of winning the title. you got to put them in the top five. You can't ignore that. Uh, I think they've got a wonderfully gifted playmaker in Nicholas Lodero. You know, that Uruguayan international who's Actually, I got to see him when he played in the 2010 World Cup um, in South Africa. And uh, he, is, uh, he can be quite devastating when he's on the ball and he's, and he's in form. So I think with a team like Seattle Sounders have, you know, building a team around him in a, in a round-robin style tournament, anything can happen. And uh, you, you, you got to expect something from them. Um, in in my third place, I have LA Galaxy. Uh, I, you might see a consistent theme of uh, former Man United players coming through the, the MLS here, and another one in Chicharito. Right, Javi Hernandez has always been uh, a striker that, that I had personally admired. You know, coming to see him in MLS, I thought. Could he make it? Could he not make it? I still think, you know, it can be a hit or miss. Um, one of his best traits is that he has the ability to be in the right place at the right time. Right? Like a true number nine, he knows how to just pick his spot and just put the ball in the back of the net. And right when you need it most, too. So I think it'll be really interesting to see if he can gel with the team. You know, being a Mexican national, fairly close to, you know, he's got a good support base in LA. Um, if he works well with Pavon, uh, who's had an amazing time at, uh, at LA Galaxy, I think those two gelling together could make for a pretty dangerous um, So that's why LA Galaxy have their number three spot. Number two is LAFC, uh, very similar to what uh, Justice said, you know, Carlos Vela has just been such a dominant force in terms of striking. I think uh, 34 goals in 31 games was his most recent stat. And, um, you know, he already came back into the season scoring a, a marvelous chip goal. 
and bagging the three points in their first game and their opening game of the season. Um, he just doesn't seem to be slowing down even at 31, right? And LHC, um being so strong every game, I think uh, definitely a number two pick for me. My number one pick, um, I might be a little biased when I say it, but yes, DC United is my number one pick. And, but that's because you get to see it from a different lens, right? You get to see it from the inside out. And uh, I'm really proud of our new signings, Edison Florian, Julian Gressel, to be in particular. I think um, the way we've gone about building and keeping up that midfield attack um, is something that, you know, we, we can call it a brand new attacking uh, uh, type force with uh, all our camera up top. And um, I think the, the front line that we have. We've gone about very intentionally at uh, this point in time, keeping our guys fit, you know, keeping the communication high. Our players' camaraderie are really high. Uh, they're all working and gelling together, even though it might just be virtually. Uh, we've got a bunch of good players that they understand each other. And that's, you know, they say this game, 90% of this game is won before we even step onto the field. And the one thing we've seen is that DC United, they're, the players are they're putting in the work and they're, they're prepared because the day will come when we play again. And I think uh, we're putting in ourselves in the best position to uh, to win games. And that's my top 10. Oh, uh, yeah. That, so now I'm going to go. Um, so now I'm going to go through uh, my top 10. My, uh, my top 10. Oh, my God, my voice. And, um, I'm going to start off in my 10 spot with uh, Atlanta United. Um, even though right now they're top of the East, I think – I don't know if they'll do as well as they did last year, but they do have a strong midfield in Ezekiel Barco and Mohamed Adams. And then Gonzalo Martinez up front with Joseph Martinez. Even though he's injured, I, do, I even though Joseph Martinez is injured at the moment, I do feel like yeah. when, when, um, when he does come back, he'll – play excellent and I feel like yeah so at my number nine spot I'm gonna go with NYCFC I feel like they even though they started uh, this season off not too well I feel like they'll come back from this and as a fan of NYCFC and getting the privilege to see them play they have a they have an, they have an amazing team with Matarita and Tinder Home as fullbacks and then Alex Ring and Maxim Rawls running the midfield and that's and that's a fantastic midfield and then Hebra um, Heber up front and Sean Johnson in goal. I feel like they have such a well-rounded team, and I feel like they will make the playoffs this year. And I feel like they could even push for the cup. And at my eighth spot, this could come as a surprise, but FC Dallas. I feel like they're one of the underdogs of the season, as not as in recent years they haven't had that much success. But I feel like they have a really strong young midfielder in Palmicall and Picalt as well and great youngsters up front in Ricardo Pepe and Jesus Ferreira and up front with Andrzej. I do feel like they could be a really, a, a really big underdog this season and I do feel like they will make the playoffs this year and be very dominant if the season um, does continue. And at number seven, I'm going to have to agree with Paris here with Orlando City. I feel like they have great youngsters in their team, and as well as they haven't been doing that great in the past few years, 
I feel like this year could be their year with Jordan Bender um, as a great youngster with uh, Daryl DK, who they also got in the draft, in the Super Draft. And they have Dom Dwyer and Na- a Nanny up front, which could – they have – they're both veterans of, of soccer. And I do feel like they could help their offense a lot. And at number six, I have DC United. I feel like losing Acosta and Rooney were huge blows to their team, even though losing Rooney was was pretty much expected. But I do feel like they had an amazing offseason by bringing in Gressel from Atlanta and Edison Flores, which really boosted their midfield, as well as a very strong defense from Frederick Brilliant, who I really enjoy seeing playing. And then um, Burnbaum at the back, which are two great center backs. And then they have... As, and then they have Areola and Canals in the midfield too, with Griffin Yao being a great youngster and Ola Kamara front. I feel like they they will make the playoffs, and I feel like they're a big underdog this season, and I feel like they might be able to make the MLS Cup. And um, at number five, I have the Seattle Sounders. I mean, they did win MLS Cup last year. They're always dominant. They have, they have Lodero and Roldan in the midfield, which is a great pairing with Rui Diaz and Morris up front. I feel like they just have experience in their lineup with Fry and goal, Stefan Fry. And I feel like their team is just so well-rounded, and I feel like they will do great this season and be very dominant. And at four, I have the Columbus crew. I feel like adding Lucas Del Ryan to their offense really helped in the midfield. And I feel like... At the beginning of the season, they started off strong by beating, by beating NYCFC, who a lot of people expected, including myself, NYCFC, to beat them. But I think with um, Lucas O'Ryan adding to the midfield with Derek Etienne and a great young talent in Sebastian Bell, Bell, Bearhalter, which could which makes their midfield very strong. And then Jossi Zardes, a, a very experienced striker up front, one of the best in the league, you could say. You could say. And um, I do feel like their team will go far into the playoffs. And at number three, I have Minnesota United. I mean, last year they had one of their best seasons as a as a as an MLS team, and they have a great offense and defense with Ike Opara at the back, who's a who could arguably be the best defender in the league, with Ethan Finley in the midfield and Mason Toy up front, who's a great striker. I feel like they will be very dominant this season. I feel like they're such a well-rounded team. And even though they came into the league a few years ago, I feel like this could be their season. And number two, you have to acknowledge LAFC. I mean, with uh, Rossi and Vela up front. And they also added Bradley Wright Phillips from the Red Bulls. I mean, and then they also have Diamande. I mean, they just have a great offense. And, I mean, they're going to score goals, as they always do. And goals come with wins. And they have a great head coach as well. And Bob Bradley, a great defense. So, I mean, I feel like they will dominate the West this year. And at number one, I have – and at number one, I have Sporting Kansas City. I mean, in the past few years, they haven't been all that good. But they have a great team with great youngsters with with, Busio and Kuzain in the midfield. And then a front – and a front line of Johnny Russell and Alan Pulido, who they signed in the offseason, who's a great striker. And Pulido actually scored in his first game, I believe. And um, they have an experienced coach in Peter Verms, who I feel like they can possibly win the MLS Cup this year, in my opinion, and I think they'll get there. And 
I feel like they just have such a well-rounded attacking team. And I feel like that will really help them become a better team. But, yeah, that's my top ten. Well, thank you, Perez, so much for joining us. And hopefully you can be in another episode. And it was really fun having you. Thank you, guys. It was really interesting. Oh, what, JJ? Oh, I, I didn't get that. Could you repeat that? What, Justice, can you Job at DC United? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, of course. Uh, so I came on board wearing uh, many different hats, as how, I like to do, uh, how I like to phrase it. Um, I think you get an opportunity at DC United to really try your hand at uh, the many talents that you may possess and uh, really help support the team um, in any way, you, shape, and form you can. Um, I, uh, one of the things I had the pleasure of, of being a part of was the Loudoun United uh, establishment, that team uh, that we have um, in the second division. And um, you know, we were able to get that, uh, everything off the ground, uh, launch our first season in a new stadium, 5,000-seat stadium. Um, and we, had, we did that quite successfully. You know, uh, when we started off, uh, actually, uh, the league gave us uh, the last place in the power rankings. Uh, we proved them wrong and, you know, even able to dismiss off on the playoff spot in our very first season, which is a mission for any team to come in in their first year uh, as a football club. You know, uh, one of the other things I had to be a part of is, as well, one of my most exciting projects is the eSports uh, hat that I wear. Definitely, you know, definitely. DC has a... Um, uh, professional FIFA player that we were able to host a tournament and find him and then hire him and be able to compete nationally and internationally, um, you know, in the EMLS, thanks uh, to the EMLS Cup. You know, uh, we finished uh, about mid-table last season and this season. So it's a work in progress, but we're learning as we go. And, um, you know, when you're winning FIFA, you know, just as you know, Anything can happen, right? Yeah, and, definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, it's it's a game that as as it evolves and as each new game comes out, FIFA 19, FIFA 20, FIFA 21, the game play changes and it's it's challenging in a way. It's a new space, yeah, and uh, yeah. it's something we're really excited about yeah, because exactly. uh, it, it gives us an opportunity to reach uh, a core of, of our part of our fan base that doesn't uh, usually get an opportunity to get to see this side of us. Uh, yeah, sports, and I think we're really excited to see. We got a lot, a lot of exciting things coming up there. Right now, during quarantine, we've got a lot of friendlies coming up through uh, esports uh, on our esports side of things. So that's one to watch. And then the other hat I uh, I mostly wear is um, right now it's my IT hat. You know, uh, over anything and uh, all things to do with tech um, regarding the club and the organization is something I I have a handle on. So. That's that's a short version. Yeah. Well, um, thank you, uh, Paris, for joining us. Thank you, guys, for this amazing podcast. I wish you all the best. It's, it was an honor to be on this on this uh, session, the first session. Well, 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 no problem. I learned thank quite you. a bit from listening to you guys top ten. All right. Talk all right, to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you, and thank you everyone yeah, yeah, for listening yeah. to the podcast, and see you in episode two. Bye. Bye. Bye.